It's a Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories bonus episode covering extra content and uh, sometimes with special guests like our executive producer Leif is uh, on the line today. So uh, Leif and Troy, our, our main producers, have both reached out in the aftermath of our, our Guns N' Roses uh, Nirvana versus Axl Rose episode and had some some additional supplemental material that we know we need to cover. Um, and, and a lot of you have reached out to we are the story guys at gmail.com. You can hit Murdoch on Twitter at Hey, it's Murdoch. Um, so one of the things let's, let's talk about what you brought to us, Leif. One of the last people to see him, he, he, I believe they were on a flight together in open first class, uh, was Duff from guns and roses sat right next to Kurt Cobain. And, uh, I believe it was like a day or two afterwards, uh, Kurt Cobain killed himself. And so Duff has this whole story that he likes to tell that like this, this hero mentality that he, he wishes he could have saved him or something like that. The story is that he actually had escaped from rehab to get on this plane. Him being Kurt. Kurt I was going to say, you could, you could, it's a roll of the dice. Which one? It could have been either of them. Duff also recalled that he wanted to give Kurt a ride home, but the Nirvana, uh, mastermind vanished before he could offer i just sort of feel like all musicians know each other like <laughs> it's almost like they're vampires and they're all like they had a secret club big, yeah they, they all just sort of know it you know you'd be like hey do you know this person and you're just like yeah i know that guy yeah especially of a certain era right um and of certain fame level especially back then i don't feel that so much that way now because everything is so segmented but it does feel like you know there were like 400 famous musicians in the eighties and they had to have all known each other. And they, they all were on MTV together. That's so what I mean. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Okay. So we, we also heard from our other producer, Troy, who pointed out that if we were going to talk about Axel and Kurt, we probably also needed to talk about Axel and Vince Neil. Do you know this story about their rivalry? Uh, no, but I'm pretty sure I could guess the details. I don't know I mean, if you can Cause it's really, yeah, it's wild. So I had never heard this. Uh, apparently it starts after Motley Crue had actually, this is at a different MTV music awards, believe it or not. So in 89, this predates all of the other chaos that we've talked about. Motley Crue presents best group and best metal video to guns and roses at the MTV music awards. And then when they're leaving the universal amphitheater, Vince Neil stays behind and waits for Izzy. Because apparently Izzy had hit his wife at some point. And so waiting backstage, Vince Neal sees Izzy coming and sucker punches him. And the rest, which is crazy because Guns N' Roses had just played with Tom Petty. So they like walk off stage and Izzy gets punched in the face by Vince Neal. Axel then starts screaming at Vince Neal and threatens to kill him. Nothing happens. Um, and, and so because they're both very famous and because, like we just said, there were only 400 celebrities in the world at the time, uh, yeah. there then becomes this very uh, public feud where Axel's going on MTV and like calling Neil like it's a wrestling match, right? Like he's like, come out Sunday, Sunday. But no, he's like literally saying like, I want to fight you. And then Vince Neil doesn't respond for a while. And then eventually he brings it up in an interview and says, 
uh, he said a lot of bad things about me the last few years and a lot of threats, even on one of your guys' shows before the MTV Awards. He said, well, anytime, any place, and right now I want to put an end to this. And what I want is, Axel, if you are watching, the- I just love this because it's like Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is Mid-South Wrestling. <laughs> I want to challenge you to a fight. I'm going to give you a time. I'm going to give you a place. I'm actually reading from the quote. Uh, There's no backing out now, buddy. It's time to put up or shut up. Uh, and And so the media freaks out. And then, like, basically, spoiler alert, nothing happens. Like, yeah, yeah, and then the '92 awards happened. But before the '92 awards, this is good backstory to the '92 awards with Nirvana, right? Like, Axel's been picking fights with other famous frontmen, including Vince Neil. So, I, I, that's a that's, that's a hilarious story to me that they just like yelled at each other on MTV. And this is like really. The place that I mean, I, I'm not breaking news here, but this is the place that MTV used to hold in our culture. <laughs> like nobody, I, I was, I was just gonna ask you, when's the last time you watched an award <laughs> show? Well, yeah, that too. But the idea, I mean, you know, I think the MTV, some MTV award show happened recently, right? But like, I think so. We're not talking about it. It's weird because like you'll see them advertise on CMT, and like that's the weird thing. <laughs> Uh, it's all the same anymore, man. It's so, all the same, and it's and and like you've seen these lineups, the MTV lineups that are like just just ridiculousness, like the TV shows. Yes. Yeah, I, that's. I'm pretty sure that's all all that's on. Though I did recently. Uh, there's like an MTV Classic or MTV Two. I don't know what it is, but they actually show like the old videos, and uh, I happened to be upon it. And there was an ACDC video, and my son looked at it, and he was like, what is this, Daddy? And I'm like, something we probably shouldn't be watching. <laughs> All right. Uh, we've caught up on our Guns and Roses. If you've got more to say about that, again, hit the mailbag. We're the story guys at gmail.com. Uh, but I do have plenty of mail uh, to check in on. And these, these really go in the file that we talked about last week, which is people catching up on old episodes, which I love. I love to hear from people who are examining the back catalog. So this one comes from Stu from Georgia. He says, Hey guys, new listener to the show, found you on Spotify. Listen in my car, really enjoy your stuff. And I just got done listening to episode 86 about kingdom come versus Led Zeppelin. And I have a story. That was a good one. I was living in Jacksonville the summer of 88 when monsters of rock came to Tampa and somehow I won tickets on the local radio station and I rode on a Greyhound bus to the show. Uh, As soon as that bus hit the interstate, an incredibly large number of bags of weed came out from all of the riders, and the bus was filled with smoke in a matter of minutes. (laughs) I was thoroughly baked by the time that I got to the show, and mostly I remember a really hot chick wearing a bikini sitting in front of me, and then I also realized that that was my first exposure to Van Hagar, and I thought it was pretty good, even though my first concert ever had been seeing the old Van Halen on the Diver Down Tour in 82. I don't remember much. I I love that he sets this up as, let me tell you about Kingdom Come. And then basically he tells that story and says, I don't remember anything about the Kingdom Come set because I was really stoned. Well, to be honest, I mean, I can't think of a way you could get me on a Greyhound bus without just copious (laughs) amounts of marijuana. I also like it sounds like 
it, it's a little unclear, but it sounds like that's part of the radio prize. Like, and this is classic eighties radio stuff, which I love. Um, oh. by yeah. the- Didn't y'all talk one time about the Van Halen, the MTV, um, the, the guy that won the MTV contest that went to party with Van Halen and almost died. <laughs> there's like a, if you YouTube it, there's like a short, like 15 <laughs> minute video. I'm almost positive Murdoch talked about this one time, but like this kid, they took him out and they like, I'm pretty sure they tried to kill this kid. Oh yeah. It was the lost weekend thing. Yes. The the college dudes. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll throw there's an old vulture piece about this. I'll throw it in the show notes. But yeah, there was there was a it, all hell broke loose. It, and it was the yeah, well, it was an MTV contest. Yeah, for sure. It was sure. the 80s. It was the 80s. It was the MTV contest. It was Van Halen. It's it's the perfect storm of chaos. 84 is when that happened. Again, the hey, I was so I mean at this point MTV's been around for what? Like 2 years. So Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, thank you for that note, Stu. That is uh, that made my made my day every time I've read it. So like five different times. Uh, okay, one more, one more. Smithy writes the show. Uh, I've recently been catching up on past episodes. I just finished your meatloaf episode. Hell yeah, man! Uh, I think it's easier to understand the album "Bat Out of Hell" when you realize it was inspired by "Born to Run." Did you know this? Do what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So check this out. So <laughs> Bad Out of Hell is actually from pieces of a of a uh, play that Jim Steinman had written and produced and had performed in 74. And it's supposed to be a futuristic rock version of Peter Pan. It's called Neverland. And it was performed in 77 at the Kennedy Center. Uh, Kennedy Center Music Theater Lab. And so he then tours with Meatloaf at some point in this National Lampoon show, and he shows him some of the songs, and one of the songs is Bad Out of Hell. Bad Out of Hell, Heaven Can Wait, in the formation of the pack. And they decide that those are so good that they should make an LP out of them. And so Steinman, if you talk to Steinman, he just says he was always inspired by Springsteen. But you know, Todd Rundgren produces this record. And he says that he thinks in 2017, there's an interview with Billboard where Rundgren says that he, he quote, saw it as a spoof of Bruce Springsteen. Interesting. Interesting. Have I ever told you about the time my wife and I uh, were in Bloomington, Indiana, we were eating breakfast at this place. And my wife goes, what's the deal with the guy next to us? And I was like, that's Todd Rundgren. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, who's that? And I said, Google him on your phone. It's like, yep, that's him. (laughs) So I had a, a less shocking, similar experience where I was in an excellent Thai restaurant in the middle of an afternoon, like on a Thursday or a Friday. Uh, and, I realized that two tables over for me was Lucinda Williams, and we were the only people in the restaurant. Oh, nice. This was in Arkansas, I'm assuming? This was in Arkansas because her dad lived in Miller Arkansas. Williams. Yeah. yeah, Miller Williams. Hey, guys, please start writing letters about famous people that you've seen <laughs> in restaurants. 
I want to know rock stars and restaurants. <laughs> the weirder, the better. I'm trying Please. to think if I've seen anybody else of any sort of note. You know, my, I mean, I've told my weird, this is not a rock star. And it's not in a restaurant, so it does not qualify. But I've told my Larry Burkhead story on the podcast before, right? Like, I think you said it on one of your old podcasts. So if... <laughs> This is a dumb tangent, but hey, it's a bonus episode. So if you don't know who Larry Burkhead is, I realize that he's extra well-known here because he is from here. But he was the baby daddy for uh, Anna Nicole Smith. So Danny Lynn Smith's dad, right? And uh, I was in Target. <laughs> and a, the guy in front of me in a cart dropped something. And I reached down, picked it up, handed it to him. And... Uh, he was like not making eye contact, which was weird. And then to take it, he sort of had to look at me, ball cap on and nondescript. And I suddenly realized that not only was that Larry Burkhead, but that the controversial, because she was young at this point, uh, the controversial daughter was in the cart. And I was like, oh, well, listen, they're just like me. They buy pants at Target one leg at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love this idea, Life of we we need all the letters about rock stars and restaurants. Honestly, the first first thing you need to ask Murdoch because you know Murdoch's crazy. <laughs> like he's got something that's crazy. Oh man, he probably does. Uh, there's a little more from this letter. Uh, Smithy says. So he brings up Springsteen and and Meatloaf, and then he says to that point. In past episodes, I've heard you say that you believe Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, greatest American rock band in history. And truth be told, I understand your argument, but I'm just wondering why it seems that you guys don't love Springsteen. I'm being accused of not loving the boss, which is upsetting to me. You know me. Do I love the boss? Yeah. Vouch for me. You like the boss? I like the boss. Like, I'm actually looking around because I think in my studio, within arm's reach, I have the Madison Square Garden 77 record. Hold on. Oh, that's a classic. That sounds I remember, like me. It sounds like something I would have. I remember seeing that in the in Waxworks record store in Owensboro, Kentucky, growing up, and it was like it was like in this prominent display that like it was just like, ooh, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, you got it. Say vouch for me, man. Here it is. Springsteen, like East Street Band, Live seventy five to eighty five. And then I've also got Born to Run within arm's reach. Of my Born microphone, Smithy. Come on. Born to Run is the perfect eight songs. Like it is just What are your what are your thoughts on Jungle Land? Is Jungle Land the best song on that record? That's the last uh, record. That's the last song. Yeah. Oh, I know which one it is. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. Backstreets is pretty awesome. Oh, Backstreets is awesome. Oh, okay. Also, I just want to show you that this special edition. CD copy of Born to Run that I have, the CD looks like a vinyl record. That okay. means you need to stop collecting CDs and just <laughs> just go to go back to vinyl. Records. Just just uh, start collecting records like the rest of us. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I probably do. I don't know what I'm going to do with all this plastic. I joke often that I will have an excellent soundtrack if the zombie apocalypse happens and they take out the internet before they kill me. Uh, okay, that's what I got. Thank you for the letters. We are the story guys at gmail.com. Leif, thank you for your time. Thank you for your notes on Guns N' Roses. Uh, hey, wait. 
you said you had a story about Axel and a friendship. We've talked a lot about rivalry, but we we haven't we haven't given Axel his due as a good friend. I don't know if we, there is any due to give, but give us give it a so, shot. What do you know about an Axel friendship? So Axel uh, was friends with Don Henley. Like, Don, Henley. like define friends. Like they they barbecued together. They they like saw Don movies. Henley. Don Henley uh, had him sing on a song on one of his albums. And then in the 1989 American Music Awards, um, one of their uh, Guns N' Roses drummer, which in the 89 would have been Adler, uh, had to go to rehab. Once again, shocker. And uh, Don Henley filled in on drums uh, when they did Patience on the American Music Awards. You You can watch a video and here's Slash just hanging out in front of Don Henley, just hitting those symbols, playing patience. Is that not just bizarre? It's I like it. And I like it also because you brought up patience, which makes me think of one specific memory in my life, which is when my wife and I were dating. At some point, I had to... Oh, my God. I just remembered the, the circumstances of this life. Oh, God. Okay. So we were dating, and I was in radio. And I had to go to George's Majestic Lounge, and I was asked to bring on the Guns N' Roses tribute band that was playing at George's Majestic Lounge. And I'm trying to remember what their name was. Okay. Um, while, while you're thinking of this, I have one question. Yes. When they ask you to do that, do you get paid anything, or do you just be, or do you just like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll get, I'll get so, to go and our. Tribute band for free. In that case, I do like in those days and in that bar and in that market, I was not getting paid a lot. Depending on like, so I don't think I was getting paid to do that sort of stuff. A lot of that was just like, yeah, I'll do it at, for exposure, and yeah, it's fun. We get to hang out. So that's what we did, right? So we they were yeah. young, and we go to the bar, and I'm with my wife, my now wife, and uh, two things about this were notable. One <laughs> is that no one told me. I don't know why I thought different, but they didn't tell me this was like a tribute. I just thought it was like a cover band. And so I'm like bringing them on and I'm like, yeah, and here's, you know, whatever they were called appetite for construction or whatever. And I turn and the Axel character, like the guy playing Axel looks so much like Axel, like and fully dressed as Axel. And it totally like caught me off guard. And so I was like, oh, God, <laughs> so, like, I have to get out of his way. Like Axl Rose is by me. And then I just remember I didn't realize how much my wife like sort of digs Guns N' Roses. Like, you know, not, not a thing she confesses publicly a lot. But like during this uh, concert at some point, I remember them playing patient specifically and her hitting the whistle. Perfect. Not missing a note. Way to go, Deb. It was it was pretty awesome. I still bring it up often. I'm like, you know, I really fell in love with you when I watched you whistle all the way through that Guns N' Roses tribute version of Patience. And then she just looks at you and says, you're a moron. Yeah. Well, that, that happens more often than I'd like to admit. Uh, all right. If, if you have seen a rock star at a restaurant or a Guns N' Roses tribute act or you have something you'd like us to research, please... By all means, reach out. So we are the story guys at gmail.com. Uh, Leif, thank you for all your hard work helping us create this show. And uh, what your people do until next time? Keep riding Greyhound and keep telling stories. <laughs>
Brian Graham. <laughs>